Hey guys, today on the podcast, I have our first local spotlight, and that's where I shed some love or some light to a local business who may not be a restaurant. So today I had a great conversation with Eric Scoopian out of Crimson Q in Paso Robles. We talked about firefighting, being a pilot, and his pool hall. So it was great. I had a fun time. I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Eric had a cold and he stuck it out like a trooper. So I know he had the sniffles a bit on the microphone. Just ignore that. I know you guys hate that in the headphones, but he's an interesting guy and I hope you all enjoy it. This is uh, Andrew with Chef's Talking Chop, and I'm here with my guest, Eric Scoopian, who is the, actually going on two years now, the owner-operator here at Crimson Q in, in Paso Robles. Uh, welcome, Eric. Well, thank you for coming in. Thank yeah. you for, for having me, especially on this day. I think you said uh, earlier, before we started rolling, that uh, today... Is actually your your two years. Two years, yeah. It started uh, 19, I mean, 2017, December second, 2017, and um, yeah, got over the over that. So, yeah. Sorry for the interruption. So I think oh, that you were you were saying you finally you got over the hump to where the make it or break it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's I guess it's a, a percentage how it goes. You know, if you make it to the first year, it's like what eighty percent of people business fail the first year. Yeah. Say, and you know, second year it goes down, down every year. So, you say the two years mark is the is around the the mark that if you do want to get a loan from a bank to upgrade more stuff in this place, like our new restaurant we want to put in at the beginning of the next year. Um, the banks will they'll mostly give you those after two years. After two, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of like a, a good landmark. Yes, yes. That, that people should be looking out for. So, did you actually open on December second? December second opening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, so how how long before that, like, were you actually working on on opening this place? Well, it, well, it's we. I started. I signed um, a lease in August two thousand fifteen. Oh shoot! Yeah, and. Um, it's uh that's the the inexperience of being a uh, never going a business. There's a lot more cost to it than I expected, so you know. So I had to start doing a lot of the construction um, by myself and learning. Okay. Like, you know, you know, funny as YouTube and Google was my my instructor. I mean, yeah, you yeah. have. <laughs> so you know, I had to you know after you know spending lots of money and still a lot way long ways to go. Um, it's a uh, I had to start you know okay I need to learn how to. Um, put drywall off, and you know, the day before I, I wouldn't even know what kind of drywall to put up, and then by the end of it, I was expert at drywall. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but um, um, I had to save a lot of money because you know money was coming in, um, but it's either I had to pay for, you know, make the lease um, payment or pay someone to do this uh, job for me, and end up I had to make sure that the place was open still, yeah. and you know, lots of money going out and nothing coming in. Yeah. It is, yeah. So it took two years, a long time. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't count on lots of all the little little things, the fees, and you know, um, we had to pay for. You, you think about you, you. That's what's the well, You know, for somebody starting a business and learning, learning curve for me that I learned a lot. Is, I know people wanted to just get into a business really quick. They want to start um, and, and 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 just get it going because they they really ready to do it and. 
but I just uh, be prepared. You know, have everything um, before you start the business. Have everything, know everything, what the costs are going to be um, before it starts because it's going to be totally different than what you expect. Yeah. yeah. What um when when you first like lease the building, what were you expecting? Um. Well, when I first inspected the building, I didn't realize it was going to take so long for the inspector. I mean, I'm not sure the inspector, that's wrong, but um, for the, um, the architect to finish the, the planning. So we had okay. to have the plans redone. Because when this, this building up here was a uh, quick uh, history of this building, so you understand, um, used to be the bridge is the, the bridge is art and the Debbie Bridge and Art Bridge owned, they're the ones that own the gun shop downstairs. Okay. They own this building. Um, what was their name again? The bridge, the gun store, uh, the, the, the bridge sportsman center. Shout out to the bridge sportsman center. Yeah. Um, yeah. What were their name again? Uh, Just so uh, can... Debbie and Art. Debbie and Art Bridge. Yes. Cool. Shout yes. out to Debbie and Art. Yeah. And, uh, and um, so um, they owned this building, and they had a they had a uh, gun store downstairs, and then uh, the building uh, fell down during the earthquake, or got so oh, damaged. In like. Yeah, was the earthquake was it early 90s? Early 90s? I don't know. Was it early 90s? It was like 2005, right? Or something. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. So this building ended up actually. Well, it, well, it got too much damage that okay. they couldn't repair it. They tried. But uh, this up here, this this used to be a hotel room. So up here, this area used to be an old hotel room. So there's never been any business up here. It's an old hotel room. Okay. And, and some time they got it, it was. Uh, it was, it was nobody was using it, so they just used it for storage. So when the building, when the building was too damaged to fix, they redid it, and uh, they they had to redo it. But um, so they just left the, this upper area, um, just totally um, nothing in it. There was no electricity, no water, nothing. It was just a big shell. And uh, this is supposed to be built for uh, two different um, shops, okay. just like downstairs. And um, I ended up, they, left, they left it open so in case somebody wanted to open up to take both sides or just or take one side, and I decided to take both sides. Um, so the cost of you know doing electricity, the, the plumbing that you didn't expect, um, um, just little things, um, the carpet, the, the flooring, um, just a, a lot of money that you didn't expect to pay. And then you got all the fees, you know. The, yeah. the, and, um, but then with the pool tables, we went with high-end um, pool tables, whole housings, and I didn't want to um, have any mixed-matched um, used pool tables. Yes. I, wanted, yeah, I wanted all the same pool tables, you know, so, and with the best cloth you can buy, and um, yeah, so that's where I went. So Nice. Is there, um, now, okay, so we're getting a little farther, but you brought up the, the pool tables, so what's the difference between these pool tables, and they are very nice, you guys... I mean, no, no knock on anybody, but I think you do have the nicest tables in Paso. Uh, what's the difference between these ones that are a little bit bigger and then the, the other ones that are smaller? For oh. like people who don't know. Oh, I well, don't know. I don't. Well, um, these, these, are, these are nine foot tables, and most bars, like uh, the local bars around here, mm -hmm. they, they, they will have seven foot bar, um, bars to tables. And their tables will go by, uh, they would use coins. You put coins in, the balls will come out. Yeah. Um, the difference is, but besides size, um, um, they, they're, they're, these are mostly used for like, professional pool players, the nine footers, and they'll okay. use them in professional tournaments. And, um, and, and those are most, they're called bar boxes. And um, they're using small bars. And the big reason is because of the size. And, you know, <clears throat> most bars are, you know, are smaller than a pool hall, so they can fit more than one or two pool yeah, tables so in there. Yeah, so the smaller. Yeah, so, you but, know. But so, like, professional people. 
Yeah, and they're all you know. Yeah, seven footer is a you know is all they're all I mean, uh, they they are all recognized as a, you know they can be all pro. They could all be pro play by plays by pros and in tournaments and pro by tournaments. But like I said, some. Um, um, Leagues and some tournaments go go by the seven footers. Just, oh, really? a, yeah, okay. and, uh, but most uh, like most big, uh, high end professional um, matches and games and will um, be played with nine footers. So do like <laughs> again my attempt to humor. Do people who play on the nine footers like look down on people who play like the no, no, absolutely not. Would not it be at like all. Playing like your kid in a little basketball court and you can just dunk it easy. No, no, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> you know what some you know it is. It is a you know some people feel that, you know that, you know like to play on seven footers. So that, that, you know like the APA league that uh, that play out of here. Um, it's American Pool Players Association and they um, they they're they're. Uh, a league association that, that plays all over the county, okay. and um, they play mostly seven footers. Um, but we're the only place uh, that plays uh, has nine footers. So um, if it's okay with all the players that are playing that day or, or playing out of here, um, the, they all agree to play on the nine footers. They will play on the nine footers. Okay. Um, but it, it is it is some people say it's difficult for coming from a seven footer playing to come to a nine footer, and then it's easier to come from nine footer to seven footer to play. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I don't know how other people are. But when I got to shoot a long shot all the way down that nine feet, like that, that extra two feet looks like a long gap. Like, <laughs> when, when I come and like I play on your tables or uh, where, where I used to live when I play on the nine foot tables, like I don't know what it is, but like when I lean over to take that shot and those extra two feet, that this table just looks huge. It looks like a swimming pool. <laughs> it's all in the mind. The yeah. mind. It's uh, you know, and you get you so used to it that you know some you know. Like I said, you know, some people love seven-footers. Seven-footers are great. Pool. I have one over there, and we're thinking about getting two more seven-footers. Okay. And, There's uh, one of these seven-footers? Yeah, we have a seven-footer right over here. One oh, dude, I never even noticed that. Yeah. Okay. We used to have a snooker table there, but it didn't. It got, it got played a little bit, but but uh, not as much as we thought we would have. Okay. And, and, and so we thought, you know, we took out the ten-footer and put maybe two or three more seven-footers in there. And because... Um, like I said, a lot of these leagues, they only go seven footers, and some people just like the seven footer. You know, and it's with, with, we like to see the kids play on nine footers. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and but it's you know with the little kids, we have you know we made little pull sticks for little kids to play on this little table too. And it's not like I said, it's not a little kids table. It is a you know everybody round table, but. Uh, um, it's easier for them. They got short. Yeah, little. Yeah, arms, just, yeah. And, yeah. And, and and like I said, it's a mind thing. You know, yeah. you know that two foot thing can make a difference. Yeah. But um, most people that do come from seven footers and end up playing nine footers here, it's it's kind of hard for them to go back to seven footers because they get so used to it. Yeah, you mean you yeah. get used to the extra room and, uh, I mean, really, like your your banking shots on here, are, are, I assume are. A little, I don't know if they're easier to gauge, but it's definitely different than than shooting on a seven. Oh yeah, table, it's, right? it's, yeah, but you, like I said, you get used to it. You know, yeah. there's, there's some, you know, it's 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 a you you a full day of playing on a nine footer or a seven footer, you'll get into you the groove. Yeah, especially like yeah. if it's your thing. Yeah, and a good player will adjust for the yeah. ball. Yeah. What um, so I mean, what are the dots on the pool table for? The little markers, they're, they're, they're for like, like banking shots and stuff. You, they, if you want to do a bank shot, a cross bank shot, you, you use those as a gauges. Okay. Yeah, you know, and not, not hitting one diamond to, was going to make you into the side pocket. You know, you have to, it matters where the cue ball lands or, you, you know, where you're going to hit. It could be like you're going to hit like a quarter inch above that, you know, second diamond and to make it in that uh, side pocket or you're going to, you know, go off another diamond. It matters where your cue ball is, what diamond you're going to use to make it in a certain pocket. 
So people who know what they're doing, they kind of gauge that on, on they like aim. Yeah. You can use that. Aim. Yeah. I always thought they were, well, I mean, I, I knew they probably had a better purpose, but I just looked at them and I'm like, oh, it looks nice. Yeah. And also, you know, people also use them for, uh, you know, uh, markings, uh, marking, um, where if you know if we're playing like a race to five, okay. you know, we'll use quarters or markers to mark every time would be uh, um, one win. So one person would go on that side, you know, go off that side, other person would go this side, use it to the end diamond, and that would be the whoever wins. Okay. Yeah. So what's what's race to five? Is that that's a game? Oh, no, it's that's just a, it's, we just said a race. Oh, like five wins. Yeah, five wins. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so what? What made you want to open a, a, a pool house? Um, like, why, why a pool house? Well, because I love pool, and, uh, and uh, I, I, I could play it every day, and I do play it every day. Okay. And, you know, you know, and I, sometimes it kind of hurts me, my game, because I play too much. But uh, I'm in there always playing, you know, and, and um, but my whole life I was, I've, I've been, a, a, right out of high school, I, I joined the Army, and, um, I played pool in the army and played a lot of competitions in the army pool and um, okay. and then traveled a lot playing and um, so right out of the army I um, I joined you know I decided to be a fireman so and then they had a pool table there and so I played a lot of pool in the firehouse and um, and then when I got off work I played pool and you know and at work I played pool and so uh, it's just it's in my blood I just, it, was, it was always around me and um, I remember uh, uh, you know the first time. I did my first bet in, in anything was a game of pool. Oh, nice! And, and it was a, it was a, it was a, a, a fire captain for Cal Fire back in the day in the early uh, late '80s, and um, we were 16 years old. And uh, this guy let us stay at the uh, firehouse for the first time to sleep there. Okay. Did you like a little um, um, sleepover for the first time? And they had a pool table there. And uh, we would uh, bet to see who do dishes. So he was, of course, he would kill us because we knew anything <laughs> yeah. about pool. And um, so we'd be doing dishes all the time. And so he had all spades, man. He was playing. <laughs> he was playing with you guys. He had all spades, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's so that's to learn how they know. I love the game, so you can bet. And so, you know, we didn't, at that point we didn't bet for money or anything, but we just bet it's who's going to do the dishes, who's going to mow the lawn, who's going to do this. So we, we uh, so it was like, with that kind of competition, you just don't win, you win something for it. So it's yeah. always a it's, healthy competition. Yeah, yeah. The um, you said uh, uh, a couple things that I want to touch on there. But uh, you said you, you played like competitions in in the army. So were you ever were you ever top dog in some of these well, competitions? Competitions it, it varies each week, you know each week or each night or each day. It's each week with each tournament. Um, you know you can you can win it, and then the next week you're in you know sixth place. Oh okay. So you know it's 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 it's. it's it's the people that continuously come in first place they're going to make it to the pros yeah you know and uh, so that's, that's that's what you're working for where where are they making the pros like who what type of people are are, are like is it a lot of people from big cities is it like that are normally professional pool players um, is there a type if you could say like that type that just puts his whole life into it. Right, because I hear yeah. pool, professional pool players are super dedicated. They're super that, dedicated. That, super like, dedicated. They're, like, I mean, don't get me wrong, if I was doing anything professionally, I'm, I'm yeah. about it, but I hear that uh, over the course of time, I hear it a lot, that professional pool players are very, very... 
very dedicated. Very, very dedicated. dedicated to what they're doing. Yeah, and you have to have. Yeah, it's it's with it's, it's trying to be a professional. You, it costs a lot of money to become there. You know, you have to find a place that you could play all that time. Either if you don't have it at home, opposed to have it at home, you have to go somewhere to play. And sometimes it's better to play in a pool hall or you know practice in a pool hall. But uh, it, gets, it does get costly somehow. But you know, we try to here at the Q. We uh, we do do for people that really want to practice their game and. Um, um, so, um, does cost money, but we we do deals and stuff where we we get packages. We do like a membership where we, uh, you pay for the membership for the year. It's the whole year you get your whole the whole bills cut in half. Oh, so nice. it's, you know instead of you know you know eleven dollars an hour, we cut down to five dollars an hour. Okay. And so people that you know it's a little under half. That's a good deal. Yeah. So you know we're trying to you know we try to the fittings. We want people to come in and play pool, and you know and if they're not playing you know if. The, People, it's it's hard to spend a lot of money, and you're in here practicing by yourself. Yeah, and we understand. And so we and we'll work with people if they don't have the money at this time. You know, get it to us in a couple of weeks. You know, you know, because we know that it's been everybody's been good with it. Yeah, you know, and nobody's not ever paid. And you know, we'd rather see them playing than not playing. And you know, this is like the high school. We have a high school program every Wednesday that we have the kids come in here and uh, have a club and they play uh, for free here for a couple hours. Okay. And uh, so which and so kids, high school kids, they, they get to come in here and uh, play free during the year. If they're in the, they, they get to come in and play any time for free if they're in this club. Okay. So, you know, try to get that generation into playing too. Do you, do you have something worked out like with the high school? Yes, it? yes. Oh, we have, okay. Yeah, we, uh, we, we, uh, um, like uh, they pay like a membership? No, they pay zero, zero dollars. Oh, nice. That's yeah. what I was saying. So it's like yeah. a good thing that you just, you're kind of giving back. Yeah, so as long as you're in the club, you know, you come here on the Wednesdays, do your practice. You don't have to be here every Wednesday, but as long as you're part of the club and you're signed up for it and, and, and you continuously come to the, your club meetings and stuff like that and your club practices, you come in with your, you know, with your friends and you will give you a table. Uh, if you're still, if you're, if it's two club members, we'll give it to you for free. If you're with your family stuff, we'll cut the price half off, you know. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's so. good. Um, so another thing that that you said is um, before before doing this, you were actually uh, a firefighter. Yes. And yeah. Now that's super. I've always looked up to firefighters. Um, I don't know. I don't know what it is about somebody who's. I don't know why cops get a bad rep. I don't know. They they get a bad rep. But like when there's a firefighter, you're like happy to see them every time. I've never heard anybody be like, oh, I hate firefighters. I've never really heard that. So like, how long were you? Um, doing that for like or how did you get into that well when I was a kid there's three things I wanted to be well four things pool player professional pool player okay. you know it's, it's kind of funny it's, it's been a you know, policeman or a fireman or the mafia okay. you know after seeing good fellas you know so we'll knock the pool player off <laughs> yeah, yeah. and the mafia off those were it's just there's a pool player chance you know okay. uh, but uh, the mafia there's no mafia in past Robles so I couldn't be in the mafia so it's either a policeman or fireman and so I decided to take the fireman um uh, first, not that nothing gets policemen because I would be a policeman in a second, you yeah. know. And you know, those guys are pretty cool. Oh, yeah, man, and they put their life uh, on the line. Yeah, shout yeah. out to the police officers. Are you a police officer? Oh, no, I'm just oh, pointing oh, at the camera. Oh, okay. Yeah, young Amber, <laughs> young Amber back there. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlights as a police. She's my producer. She Moonlights as a police officer. <laughs> She's undercover, we just blew it. <laughs> That's the part you cut out, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Edit here. Hmm. Yeah, so in, uh, right out of high school, I, like I said, I joined the military and I did three years in the Army and then I switched and decided I want to be a fireman. So uh, my first, I went down to, um, to uh, Shandon 
That's where I was living now, for Geneseo, between Templeton and Powell's. I mean, between Shandon and Powell's Robles. Okay. And uh, the Shandon actually covered that area. And there was Shandon Volunteers and the Shandon and then Cal Fire, a CDF, Cal Department of Forestry at that time. Um, they had a volunteer uh, um, station there. So I went there and asked them if I wanted to be a volunteer. So they asked them, well, if you want to be a volunteer, you have to go to, um, to get your EMT, your emergency medical technician. So uh, that's when I signed up. Um, went down to Alan Hancock and signed up for that class, and uh, and took that class and, and became an EMT, and then and then you uh, start to volunteer classes and stuff, and then you, and then they get you your your classes where you need to be a volunteer, and that's where I started with that, and then um, um, a couple of years with Shannon Cal Fire, I switched over to Fort Hunter Lake, got hired at Fort Hunter Lake at, um, as a federal firefighter. Uh, as a uh, seasonal fireman every year and uh, so it works like five or six months a year and then off um, the rest of the year but I would take all jobs and, and take more fire classes so I can okay. you know better myself and and then you know promote myself with you know to get get hired as a full-time fireman and then uh, in April 95 I got hired as a full-time fireman in an airport station in Santa Clara County at the Moffitt station um, as a full-time fireman, and I was there for 19 years, and, um, and then um, I uh, decided uh, after that I wanted to, I'm, a, I'm a, one of those guys with goal setters, and you know, I like to set goals, and I like to get them. You gotta them. have something to, yeah. to aim for. You know, and I, I said, you know, I'm, you know, I want to be a commercial pilot, so, you know, I said, I want to be a commercial pilot now, and I'm sitting in my room at the firehouse. And I know that my chief at that time was, uh, he was just starting to take his, um, get his pilot's license. Okay. And a private pilot license. And, you know, I was all, I was all, I was all into me. I had all the books out, out there studying. And I started talking to him about it. And then that day I said, you know what, I want to be a pilot too. Well, I always wanted to be, but, you know, they say 1% of the people in the United States are, are pilots. So, Dang, you know, that's a small. Yeah, small. And, you know, and then, so, um. So, but I was so interested in doing it that I said, you know what, I'm going to get my pilot's license. So I... I, I got online, started uh, searching for uh, instructors here in El Paso, and I found an instructor. And went and contacted him, and he tells me, "All right, well, you go and get your uh, to go and take the test. So there's like three tests you have to take. You have to take a written test, and that's a formal test that you have to take. That's under supervised 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 under supervised um, the, and a computer test that you have to take. It's all about you know." flying and, and the rules and regulations and all about planes and everything you need to know that's just one of the tests you take and then and that's that and you also at the, and then at the end of your um, um, your your training you have to take a, um, a certified test it's an all-day test with a uh, um, with a guy who provides a test and that's like a pretty much all day it's like it's a five-hour um, um, uh, question interview that's answer Oh, like an interview? Or yeah, like yeah, well, written? A, the, the written question that we had the written test. That's to start the whole uh, thing. That was take. a supervised one where yeah. we were there. And then the set, and then the, after to, to get your license, you have to sit down with them. You have to go through everything about what you learned, and he'll ask you questions. You have to, you know, how to do a mapping out, how to, you know, with the rules and regulations of how to do a weight and balance of your plane, and how to figure that out, and you know, and uh, okay. just everything that you learned in source. And then after about five hours of that, and then you go out and do all your maneuvers. Um, to be, uh, uh, you know, these are seven main maneuvers. You know, you have to learn, like, you know, one of the things that cause planes to crash are stalls. You know, yeah. But it learns how to, you learn how to, you know, 
in the training, they learn how to put yourself in different stalls, make your plane you know, die out, and then learn how to get out of those stalls. That's the training. So we, and so so when I decided I want to be a, a pilot, that's I started, I went and got my took that test, run test, and then, you know, and I was in the books every day. You know, every, that's all I did was, you know. Uh, Eat and study, and 50 pounds, and that's what I did to gain 50 pounds on this, getting my license. Okay. And um, so, when I started my plane license, my my whole, you know, 40 hours was the minimum you had to have. So you're thinking, okay, I can get this plane license in 40 hours. Um, you know what? Only the geniuses get their licenses in 40 hours. You have to have 40 hours of training. Yeah. They learn everything in 40 hours. Um, because you don't, you know, and you know, and uh, it, it took me probably double that to get my license. You got a pilot's license? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, congratulations! Yeah. That's oh, super thank cool. you, thank you. So yeah, it was it's, it's uh, it was a uh, it was a it was an experience um, that uh, I remember the first day because one of the main goals you get get your license is uh, um, um, is when you first you do your first solo. And the instructor won't tell you because you do you do your training and he'll yell at you and yell yell you doing the you know you he continuously yell at you for doing something wrong until it's drilled in your head yeah and then the biggest day is they never say you always you're scared to do is when you do your first your solo first solo yeah, yeah man that's got to be that's got to be nervous that's got to be butterfly oh yeah stomach man <laughs> I mean I couldn't only imagine. And they I'm don't up in a plane by myself, dude. Like, yeah, they, they don't tell you. They don't tell you. So, so we're, we're, they don't tell you when you're gonna. Yeah, no, they don't want to tell like, you. Hey, buddy. Yeah, they don't want to. They don't say, okay, Tuesday, if you do this right, you're gonna be solely on Tuesday. They don't want that in your head. So that's like because most of our training, where we go and do our maneuvers and training, would be over, over in the, um, you know, we, we take off out of here at Pass Robles and we fly and do our training over in Shandon area. So we'll be over Shandon doing our training. Okay. Um, and, just like a big training field over there, you know, but in the sky, you know. So, um, um, so when I did when I did my last thing, um, he said, "Okay, the instructor." He says, "Okay, let's go back to the uh, let's go back to the um, barn and, and uh, put the plane away." So we, we land. I land the plane, and, and uh, I'm taxiing it back. He's all, "All right, stop the plane," and he gets out. He's all going solo. And it wasn't even planned, and um, and I was nervous as death. But yeah. you know, it's funny is that, that that now you're like, oh my god, how am I gonna? You know, you always kind of have a, you, you know, if something goes wrong, you always, have, you know, you always in the back of your mind, he's there, he's there, you know. To... Now you're by yourself, but you know, all that yelling and drilling in your head, and he told you, you know, it just it was not, everything snapped. You just knew everything, you know. Yeah. But every speed, you know, everything, everything you need to do, and um, so it was worth it. But uh, um, but I know. Uh, we were, we were supposed to go out to uh, that Shandon area, you know, about seven, seven, six, seven, eight miles away from the airport, and to go and do our training. But I was so nervous about going way over there yeah. that I would stay around and do loops around the airport, you know, do landings, you know, <laughs> landings and goes. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I would not leave the airport because something goes wrong, I could be right there, you know. Yeah. So and then finally, have an easy place to come down. Yeah, easy right? place because to come that's got to be something you can't just come down anywhere if you're on a freaking plane. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, have to, you have to go by wind, you know, what the wind direction is, you know, and so. Uh, um, that was that was a big thing, but you know, it, it's, that's you know, you find out all those things, you know, before you fly. You know, you're preparing for your flight, even with training. You're going to go train for five minutes, you know, to do some takeoffs and landings. You have to prepare what the weather is going to be like. Yeah. You know, and especially with past robots, they don't have a tower, so they don't tell you what to do. You have to, you do everything. You announce everything. You do what you do. You, you that's you have to announce everything you're doing, so other airplanes will uh, will know what you're doing. Okay. Yeah, because so. So when you're up there and you're solo, like are you 
talking to him? Like, are you talking to the instructor? No, no, no. Well, yeah, he did talk to me. You know, Eric, get away from here and go out to the training site. You know, he yeah. you know, <laughs> you so, yeah, so around. Yeah, so yeah, so I guess you know, you know, I guess that's a normal thing with a few of us. You know, yeah, it's no, hard. I would too. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'd be, I'd be nervous. I mean, because uh, I. Uh, <clears throat> I've been up in gliders, I've been up in little Cessnas, I've been up in like private jets. My dad actually owns a, which I've talked about on here before, my dad actually owns a, a restaurant at a private airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. so, you know, I see people come in all the time. Um, I've known some people with, you know, unfortunate uh, circumstances while flying. You know, I've been, been around it a lot. My dad's owned his restaurant for, I don't know, man, like 12 years or something. Very long time. Congratulations, by the way. Shout out to my dad. <laughs> Where's um, this at? And it's in California City. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I mean, right. if you've ever driven to Vegas, you've driven right past it. You probably kept going because it's not a place most many people <laughs> stop. Uh, it's a big community for like dirt bike riders and stuff. Okay. Uh, because there's a lot of open space out there. But like how, what is the, the process that someone would have to go through? Like if me or young Amber wanted to get an, up in a plane. Like and actually fly with an instructor. Like, do you have to do your test before that? No, he just that's what he's. There was such a there was a waiting list for him. Mm -hmm. There was people ahead of me, so he, you know he, he can only take on so many students. So instead of me, uh, you know, just waiting for a spot, he he decided, you know, go get this part done. You know, yeah. you can you can study in your books. He ordered me the books, so I didn't, and he could he got me you know getting that part. So now you don't have to worry about that part. You know, you get that done. You know, so before you even start your training. So now you're now you're not you're just not walking in there and not know anything you should walk in there and you're somehow prepared to know what it's uh, you know you know what a rudder does or you know Arion does or you know certain things that they're playing you know control so and, and rules and everything so he's not now he doesn't have to go continuously uh, trying to train you uh, tell you what those are about he can train you on more other things okay but flying so yeah. you, you kind of have the basics down you kind of coming in like with a leg up yeah, yeah. On most people. Yeah, so that, that was a good thing, you know. And me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, it takes me a little while to catch on to stuff, you know. But once I catch on to it, I'm good. But it takes a little longer, you know, you know, for me to take on stuff. So, um, you know, somebody would, you know, get something done in a week, learn something in yeah. a week. It takes me maybe two weeks. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. knock anything you've done. I mean, you've been a firefighter. Uh, you've got a pilot's license, and now you're a successful business operator. I mean, you're doing, oh. you're doing pretty well. Uh, that's yeah. a... It's fun. It's learning. It's, it's stressful. Stress, stress. So then I bought a plane. So I bought a plane, but then I had to sell it for this Goals, place. Goals, man. Uh, I wanted. Yeah, I bought a plane. I bought a, bought a Piper Cherokee, one eight, one sixty, and I and I just went everywhere. My parents, my my dad lives in Oxnard. My mom lived in the Oregon border, so I get to Oxnard, Ventura, you know, in twenty thirty minutes yeah. instead of three hours, and you know, and so it was nice, and I got used to flying everywhere. And then uh, I said to sell the plane to finish this place off. Now I'm driving again, and it's hell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most a lot of people don't know about this, but there's like there's this community out there, people who who fly little small personal planes, and they literally just hop to a, an airport and like, yeah. you have lunch, and then just fly back home. Yeah, like, literally, yeah. you there's. Yeah. I, it was something that was sh shocking to me. I was like, what do you mean people just fly their planes in here and then eat and then take off? Like it was. If I had a plane, that's what I'd be doing too. Yeah, I think that's either the steak restaurant uh, up on uh, 46, uh, no, on Highway 5. Um, not, uh, Harris Ranch. Yeah, Harris Ranch. Yeah. They, have, they have their own uh, private uh, runway there, so a lot of people will fly in Harris Ranch, have lunch, and then um, take off, uh, take off after lunch, and come back in the Paso. So we'd go and um, land there, get meat and everything, and yeah. bring back their meat and stuff. So. 
Um, that was cool. And then, but, uh, and then that's like what? That's like a, I don't know, I don't want to overshoot, but that's like a two hour drive, maybe two and a half? An hour and a half, maybe. An hour and a half. Yeah. You're getting there on a plane? Yeah, in 10, 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just cool. It's the most of the time it took us to just to get your plane prepared to go take off, you know, yeah. and go there and, and taxi all around. That's the, that was so you got rid of that part. The most and you'd be there in twenty minutes. Um, yeah, it was nice. And then I give you know I give all my friends you know you know free rides and everything. And then we used to head off to the you know the Morro Bay Rock and do a couple circles around the Morro Bay Rock, and then head down the coast to Hearst Castle, do some loops around Hearst Castle, and then go over to the lake. And go over the lake, now smell lake, and then fly back in the past. So that was our little little tourism yeah. up here. So that was my goal to be a commercial pilot. You know, and a lot of people don't know that they think they they say pictures commercial pilot being a, a airline pilot. You know, you know taking you know you know a uh, southwest southwest and, 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 and that's a transport pilot. And, okay. uh, and so a yeah, commercial what's pilot, commercial pilot was yeah, that? Yeah, commercial pilot is just anybody that you uh, uh, makes money off of flying a plane. Okay, and it could be my plane. But he's delivering packages, okay. so that's a commercial pilot. Shout out to Knuckles. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's a, you know that is funny. It's extra free ten thousand dollars. Just go over the border for the quick. Uh, but uh, um, yeah. But um, that's that. Yeah, that was a fun experience. But yeah, uh, I, I thought I had a good. I would go out cruise down forty six. I mean, you just blew my cruise up. If you're I would just cruise down 46, like, especially when somebody who isn't from here, like, and they're like, oh, you know what, what should we do? I'd always recommend cruising down 46, but shoot, I need to recommend getting in a plane, hmm. doing some circles around Moro Rock. I mean, that, that's a way better way It was just cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, was, it, it, it was a fast trip. It was about, it was about a, you know, 35-minute trip, you know, just go down. You would think you're going all the way to Moro Bay, fly around Moro Bay, and then go down to Hearst Castle, flying around, and go down the Alcimento, flying around, and back to Paso, all in like 30 minutes. You know, yeah, you think that would take you know, the car, that would be forever. Yeah. Especially, uh, <coughs> but you see things, you know, up there, you don't realize how many little ponds or little private lakes around here that you, you, you know, yeah. not beautiful lakes like Nelsville, but little areas and swimming holes and everything around here. And a lot of private little airports, too, that you didn't know about. You don't see until you're up in the sky. Yeah. 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 And uh, when I went back to training, um, for the whole time I was training, um, they trained me for uh, different events, like, you know, like emergency landing, so they do emergency landing, so either you have to uh, do, uh, you have to, one of the tests, you see if you, he'll cut the structural, will cut your power off. Yeah. And not in that, those cut the power just to shut off, not completely shut not off the plane. Not completely kill it, but yeah. like to simulate. Yeah, you, but shut it off. Yeah. We're still running, but, but you have to, uh, so you, they usually does it on top of the, on top of the airport, you're about 3,000 feet. Okay. But, and yeah, you have to, you have to glide down like, in, like a, to land, and you, you're, the goal is you have to land. doesn't matter what runway you land or what part of the runway, you have to land on the runway to okay. pass. If you don't run a place, but man. and then uh, is that enough? So you said you're three thousand feet up. Is that enough air to, to circle a couple times? Yeah, well, we just you know just you know just go around the airport and just come down. You know, you have to guide your that's how your practice. You have to you know because you, you, you can't just come in hot. No, you can't. You can't yeah. just you can't just like oh. Well, one of them are when the, the we put another emergency landing. The, that was the one we could just glide down, try to land. You know, okay. like you ran out of gas. But another emergency landing, if if you're you start you, you report that you got smoke coming out of the you know, you know the engine. Oh yeah, you got to get down now. Yeah, something goes wrong. It's gonna blow up. Yeah, yeah. So now you just now you're flying. You're going down. You know, you you know you step in and and you're going straight down and um and uh, get down as fast as possible 
and that way. So there's those two emerging landings, and then uh, and those, you're not going to end up doing both of them, but they're going to pick one to do. Okay. And then you got your two uh, stalls, you know, because like I said, most most airplanes that crash are because of stalls. And the stalls is you know not enough. Your 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 the position of your airplane is not hitting the wind right, so it's like you're not getting the wind, so it stalls your engine out because the propeller runs off air. Okay. And um and um. So, like, like if you're taking off, if you take off, we do a takeoff stall. It, it, it's, it, we do all our training at 1,500 uh, feet, uh, 1500 feet up in the sky. So, if anything goes wrong, we have time to, uh, you know, fix our, our mistakes. But um, one of the stalls is you take off and your nose is too high when you're taking off. And that's one stall problem. Okay. And another one is if you're on the, is if you're bringing in your plane that you're doing your last, uh, you know, dog leg into approach that, you know, you're now you're, you're slowing up your speed every leg. You're, uh, it's, it's, everything down there is a traffic. It's just, it's like a traffic way. Everybody, it's, a, it's just like you're on a freeway up there. You know, you got your left and your right directions and you okay. got your one way you enter the airport and you have to follow the directions into the landing. Yeah, yeah like so, not everybody's just doing it wheel. No, it's like not, yeah. There's obviously not paint in the sky. Everybody yeah. Everybody knows what they're doing. There's yeah. a... Yeah, so you know, using the last all day uh, um, and into the approach is you know that's when you're cutting down your speed the most to to prepare the land and you're turning and that's causes another stall. So we do these stalls that you know a power on stall and a power off stall, and we put ourselves in stalls and we learn how to get out of them and that's another t test. And um, now is every stall a landing? Or is there? Yeah, there's a takeoff stall too. When your nose, when you're taking off, your nose is too high. Well, what I what I meant for that, like, is every time you get a stall, you have to land, or is hmm. there? Can you no, no, you, no, no, you, no, you don't ever land. That's that's a two different things. So we're, we're talking about two different types of emergency landings, and you're doing your your stall. So you put yourself in a stall, and you take yourself out of stall. It's learn how to. Oh, so you uh, can restart the. I would yeah. Just for not doing research or anything, that like if the. If the propeller died, it would never. You couldn't start it in the air. Oh no, you get you get it because you know when you've got the stall, you'll get a warning. Your your plane doesn't shut down. It just starts to it starts like it starts to start to choke. It's not like having enough. Uh, um, not enough like gas. Going gas. Do 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 do. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and your plane's now. You're let's say you're you're going reverse. You're taking off and you know you're and you start to fall. And when you just when your plane starts to fall backwards a little bit, and then you put your nose down, speed up, and you know and okay. that's how you get your out of a stall. It makes me feel uneasy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the plane goes yeah. down backwards. It is like weird, <laughs> especially that's back when you're back to when you go on your first solo and you're supposed to go out there and practice doing that stuff. Yeah. And you're, now you're doing because that's that's that was my most nervous thing. thing was not the power off stall wasn't as bad as the power off stall when you're going straight up and you're uh, and then your nose comes down you have to put it down you know that's the scary one and so that's the one I I would tell the instructor, oh yeah, I went and trained on those, but I really didn't do it because yeah. I was scared to death of those. But uh, you know, after a while, you finally get the nerves up and doing it, and you start feeling comfortable. Get a confidence. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then, then you get your license after you pass the test, and that was the biggest day of my entire life. But uh, and then, uh, and then uh, they always say the most dangerous pilot is the hundred-hour pilot because you know, it okay. goes by hours, and they say no. You got your. You finally got all your hours. You get your turn to your hundred hours. Now you find the pilot feels like. Now you hear this through school, and um, that now you have all the confidence. I mean, you're being a great pilot in your head. You're a great pilot, but you don't have nearly the experience you should have. You know, yeah. with all the stuff that can go wrong. And it's true. When you hit that hundred hour, you feel like you have a lot more confidence. And then, you know, so you you take a little bit more. 
risk than you should, you know? Yeah, like you still yeah. need to stay humble in those moments. Yeah, you know, so, right. you know, maybe if I go through these little clouds really quick, you're not supposed to fly in clouds, but if I just go through this little cloud really quick, I can get to, you know, area faster, you know? You know, things like that you would not normally do. Yeah. Not saying I did that stuff or no. But like but, once but, you get that hundred hours, you start feeling like, more calm, yeah. like you know what's going on now. You're like a teenager. Yeah. I think yeah. you know everything. Yeah. You're just going to... And that's the ones that are going to fly. I didn't know people can fly through clouds. I would have just assumed that, like, because everything I see in movies, you just see people flying through clouds, like, willy-nilly. Well, that's when you, when you're flying in clouds, uh, there's, there's two different licenses you have to get. You can't, you can't, when you're a private pilot, you cannot fly through clouds. There's a certain, you have to fly for either 500 below or 500 above. Oh, that's right. So different classes, yeah, right? Yeah, so you have to, that's in, in the, that's in, uh, instrument rated. You have to have your instrument rated um, to fly through in clouds. And that's when you you know you do all your training on instruments. Okay. And then you do, you also do your training on instruments in your other you know your first course too, but you get more in depth in in, in in training on instruments. That's when you they will put a shield on your head when you're up there flying. You will put a shield so you can't see anything but the instruments. Okay. So now you know everything you do. So you're there's you know you're practicing landing. So you're in clouds. You can't see nothing, and you're you're doing all these mathematical things up there that when you come out of the clouds, you can pretty much you're landing the plane in the you know yeah and you're not seeing nothing you're, you're just, just going off the, off the instruments yeah off your dashboard or whatever you want to yeah. your instruments however i could describe that to people is i didn't even think that people could fly like that like yeah that's that uh, i'd rather fly by the instruments because the instruments are the mo you know it's just you know when you get in areas mm -hmm. that's that's how um um um, um President Kennedy's son, you know, he died of an airplane crash. Okay. And, you know, he, that's how he died because you get this uh, thing in your, in your ear. Please forgive me. I, I don't remember the name of it. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's a thing that you you feel like you're doing, your plane's doing something else that you think you're doing. Uh -huh. So let's say you might... Or like your equilibrium gets messed yeah. up. Yeah. You feel like you're... Yeah. So, like, let's say if you get in the go in the clouds or, like, like he was, you know... Uh, his son, um, he was over, you know, he was a, just like a hundred hour pilot, you know, he, was, he, he thought he was, you know, a better pilot than he was, you know, you know, and so he was, decides that, you know, he's going to go and fly to um, a family party over, you know, you know the, when the, on his flight was, he's going over water in, you know, cloudy areas, you know, and, and um, so now there's nothing to, now he's flying and, and it's getting dark and he's, there's nothing to look at to adjust, so, you think you're doing something, but your but your plane's doing another, and uh, and you know, and you're so you think you're going straight, but your plane's really going sideways because yeah. it says in the report because you can you, you, you do a flight following that it will be, it will tell you exactly what your plane did that day. So they said that his plane was the whole time going down this way when you feel like you're just going straight up this yeah. way, and it happens because one time I got stuck in clouds, and uh, and um, when my first one my first time I ever did it. And, it, and so I'm thinking I'm going straight up. It was in San Jose. I was leaving um, uh, Palo Alto Airport, and I took off at one o'clock in the morning, and um, got stuck in clouds. And it did feel like I was going straight, but um, I really was going down this way. And and then so it's, that's that's when you snap and yourself go off your instruments. Yeah. And so. That's when the instructor. Yeah. 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 So you know now you look at your instruments and your plane is going down this way when you thought you're going this way, and then so once you get your instruments and you follow your your instruments and it's it's pop out of those clouds easy but uh, it's it's a prepare you gotta prepare even so even the short flights are the most dangerous ones because you, you know you think you know what I don't need to do this or need to do that but that's that's when you know you didn't know there's a leak or something wrong with your, you you have to go down there to actually open up your gas tank and see there's gas in there don't go off your instruments yeah you know and then you know 
Is yeah. that something that stayed true with you? Did you oh, do yeah. that every time? Oh, I'm very good at checking the plane out because okay. I know that, you know, there's always, it's not one, always one thing with the plane. It's gonna, planes just don't fall out of the sky. There's, there's a bunch of things that's going to build up to that, you know, and, it, and it, it's like a chain, you know, and someone that chain is going to, a chain of bad things, and then something that that chain is going to probably break. But there's going to be tons of warnings before your plane's just, you know, engine fails. You know, and that's why you do all your morning checks and check, your, your checks and stuff before you take off your run-ups. And there's like a little, you know, there's little areas you have to stay between in the, okay. you know, so you do all these ratings and stuff, you know. But you, you, your plane gives you a lot of warnings before something happens. Okay. And then, uh, but you know, and then like just like going out and partying, you know, you're not, you're not, you know, and then waking up early in the morning and you're, you're, you're not. You're fully not yourself out there, you know, so you cut things, you, you know, aware of things around you. Um, you might forget something, you might forget to, you know, you know, check something and, and then uh, just leave a back door open. But things that can cause an accident are, are affect the plane performance that you should be, if you didn't get a good night's sleep and you're tired, don't fly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't risk it. But. Yeah. It's not worth it. Rest for a couple hours. So, you know, so... But that's, it's, like I said, you fly, planes don't fly the skies. That's why they're so safe. And, you know, people are scared to fly. That's but. what I was just about to ask you. I was about to say, a lot of people are, like, scared to fly. Yeah. Um, what would you say to, to somebody who's scared to get get on a commercial flight? Okay, well, well, before we get that, is there any difference between, like, a commercial flight and, like, a smaller plane? Like, is one of them safer? Um, well, you know, some some you know, my instructor was a, um, a um, pilot for United. Mm-hmm. And he said that it's it's, it's 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 harder for him to fly a small aircraft, like a like a Piper or Cessna, than one of his big planes. You know, it's seven forty seven or something because seven forty seven pretty much flies itself. Okay. You know, it takes off. You program it, it'll take off. Autopilot's right, so. a real thing. It's yeah. Like Tesla made about like yeah. autopilot's like a real thing when the plane will just fly. Yeah, yeah. So you're pretty much flying itself. You know, of course, you, there's a lot more to learn in, the, in that in that thing, but. Uh, um, but it's, as he says, it's a lot tougher to fly a commercial, I mean, a private pilot plane. Okay. Yeah, and so, um, and now with the new things, you know, people are flying off of iPads now. You know, it's all the, the glass part, you know, it's all digital. It's all planes, because, you know, most people buy planes from in the 1960s. Oh, But they're so well taken care of, you know, it's yeah. not, you know, nobody's going to care to buy a 1960 plane, you know, because they look... They're cool still. Yeah, they nice, well taken care of, you know. But they're able to fly by iPads now, and iPad, you know, you can have all your, you know, old instruments going on, and you have those all digital instruments, and so it's, it's really expensive to do all the digital, and replace all your instruments with digital stuff. Yeah. So people will get iPads, and iPad will control, but it has all the instruments, you just fly all by your iPad, it tells you everything to do, and you keep track, and you know, you have flight falling, where you contact the, the uh, flight falling, that's, you know, these guys are, you know, on radar, and they'll track your plane, so they'll tell you if you're, you know, if you're going off course, if you're too high or too low, or you, where, if a plane's coming towards you, if you're going towards a mountain, so and you know they'll just pass you off to the next radar to the next person and you do that squawk when somebody says squawk something okay they'll tell you a new squawk number to program and then and, and, uh, and, and then it passes over to the next person on, uh, on their screen so is so. there constantly somebody monitoring like the airwaves yeah like yeah there's yeah, they're always, you know, they're always, so the, 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 somebody's, they're always going to see a blip of you, someone, of somebody, a plane. They don't, might not know who you are, but they're going to see there's a plane out there. Just in case of another plane's coming that way. But you can request a flight falling 
where you give them your tele number and there's a you have a you have a like a, a sensor in your plane that um, they'll give you a number and once you program that number and send it back send it they'll they'll it'll pop up on their on their uh, contact on their screen so now they know who you are you know your, your tele number is five five whiskey my wife was five five whiskey Charlie yeah, and a uh, five 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 whiskey Charlie and um, so they're just now they're following you wherever you go. So okay. they'll they'll take you all the way to San Jose, especially busy areas. They'll tell you, you know, you need to go, you know, this way, you know, or you need to jump up six hundred feet, you know, because you know some, something's coming your way, you know. So it has somebody's eye in the sky, you know, somebody's watching you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you know some old school pilots they don't like to be they like they're being tracked, but I'd rather be somebody having extra eyes on me, you know. Oh yeah, especially so. when you're up there, and like you said, you can't really. You can't really like see another plane. Like yeah. they don't have headlights that you can even see until you're so close, right? Yeah, it's, it's tough to see. It's tough to see. Um, there's a, you do, you do some instruments, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, but there's like I said, there's different directions, you know. So you know, uh, you know, like east, you got east and west. You know, people are going to down north. Uh, they'll be flying at a certain level. And you know, and there's people flying it this way, where they could take an easy office, like you know, it's going north to be doing odds numbers, five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand. Okay. And then doing uh, in south would be doing even numbers, you know, three thousand. Oh shit! So there's people yeah. going like yeah. There's like levels to the traffic. Yeah, and then okay. and then then you got your instrument rated people there to fly by instruments and find you know, not instruments, you know, visual like I would. They go by five hundred. So you know, you're going. If you're going, you know, north or south, or you're going even or, or even or odds, numbers, heights, you're going like 5,000, and then um, for 5,000, even for a, a instrument rated pilot that's flying instruments, and then you go jump up to 500, sorry, um, to visual. Okay. So it's like different steps. You're never going on the same path. Yeah. So it keeps everybody separated. And then, yeah. and then you get down to LA area, where now there's there's actually if you look at a giant airplane map, you will actually see like the little ways you have to go because there's a, there's a road up there. Okay, it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. and that's just over the airport, or like no, the, the whole the whole area, the whole like the whole Bay Area or the whole LA area. Okay, but it's really a lot of airplane traffic and a lot of airports and stuff. So you have to they have to totally keep you on track, you know. Yeah. So you plan your whole. Uh, you try to plan your whole trip. You just don't take off and um, you know just fly. You have to plan your trip either on your iPad or you're on your map. And they train you old school how to fly by map and how to figure out this case everything goes wrong and you have you can't read your fuel or your instruments go out. You can land and find your uh, where you're at on that map by using visual things on the ground. Yeah, landmarks. Right? Yeah, yeah, and you know how you measure by math have, uh, how much fuel you have and how far you can get from this point this point and how much fuel he's going to get to just in case like let's say one way a runway like they had an earthquake so you can't land there you have to land in another place okay anyway so just all this safety you have to figure out that's in the training too to get yeah. your license do yeah. you remember when like, all the gas stations had maps um, yeah. okay okay um, yeah the uh the way you can do, uh, so we do, it, it is already 420, so we are kind of right. cutting it Sorry. close to your, your 430 limit. No, I mean, not a problem at all. The conversation's been going, been going. Yeah, the conversation's going great. Uh, if that does happen to go off, you can just grab the other battery and then just kill it and then start a new video. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, we only have 10 more minutes or so. The, uh, 
Shoot, man, there's so many things here that I... That I you guys go as long as you want. It doesn't matter to me, so I'll just let you guys know. Whatever you guys want to do. But if I'm talking too much, just let me no, know. No, no, no. That's the whole reason that we're okay. here talking. You're doing great. Um, it's just more more stuff for us to 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 talk about. Like, I didn't know you were going to, you know, be a firefighter and a pilot. I mean, we haven't even gotten, we haven't even gotten <laughs> to Central Coast yet. We spent the, the whole time. You, you hit on two things that I could talk about forever. I mean, like, because like I said, my dad's restaurant is at a personal airport. Um did uh yeah like i would love to have you know people come on twice did um so just so we have you know some paso stuff in here i, I really want to keep talking about your your flights and you know if did you okay real quick though did you end up doing anything like to make money when you were a commercial pilot like did no i didn't make a commercial pilot i just got my private pilot oh your private pilot. yeah and then okay. I, and then uh so doing that i decided uh you know i would take off a year learn how to be a pilot better and then did switch to the commercial and that's when i decided to do this thing okay so uh and then so every all my time and effort went into this place where did uh where did the inspiration for this um there's not one in town and there's not and i've always wanted one um you know, it was, it was I wanted a small place. There was a place in like in Templeton. It was called Johnny Saloon. They had like three pool tables. It was perfect. I wanted something like that. Is that still there? No, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. It's been gone for a while. That's where. And uh, so I kind of wanted something like that. But then I said, you know what? I want something bigger. You know, we have. You know, and uh, and uh, I know that there's been uh, there's back in the day there was two pool there was a pool halls um, back in the day in the seventies sixties and it was it was. Um, Carl's Billards in okay. El Paso, and you know there was a old time pool hall, the fights and everything that that they you know that the whole thing of you know pool halls. It was a great pool hall, I've heard, but I never got to be there. So, um, but uh, they had the hard liquor and stuff, and that does. And uh, um, we don't have hard liquor; we only have beer, and we're working on a wine line. Hard liquor, people ask us, and the city won't let us have hard liquor because we have more than pool tables. If you have three more than three pool tables, you can't have hard liquor in Paso Robles. Okay. So I didn't know that was such a thing. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, there's some other places like that. that's why most a lot of you see a lot of places and they have they don't have more than three pool tables. It's okay. hard liquor, and that and you know, that hard liquor would make us a lot more money with that part, but. It also probably, probably a, a lot, lot more trouble. Sticks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot more trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's something I've never seen in real life, but I've seen happen in movies a lot. Is people break pulls oh, all yeah. the time, but I've never seen that happen. <laughs> and kudos to you, not that wood. You know, two years and yeah, two, two years, years and running. Two years and running. Yeah, then you know, you know, uh, people come here. It's 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 a great people, a lot of supporters, and you know, and, you know, it's like I said, it's a learning experience becoming owner because you know I make my mistakes. I make plenty of them. You know, and, and you can't please everybody. And, and I'd love to, I would love to be the perfect owner, but one decision you might make with somebody that they enjoy, somebody else not like that decision. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I, when we first got this, we wanted to put a lot of towards the Passworld's Bearcats, you know, just have okay. the Bearcats there. You got a lot of, you got a lot of like PRHS memorabilia. Yeah, we went to a school, got... we had a lot more, but then we decided, you know, and we went with a year and we started thinking, yeah, this is great for the city, but we had to start thinking of the business reason, and I really wanted to support the Bearcat thing. We had a lot more Bearcat thing. But we're thinking, now, 
Would I want to go to a Tascadero uh, pool if 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 it was all the Tascadero stuff? Yeah, and all orange. So and I'll maybe be discouraged with that. You know, even that I'm a big Bearcat supporter and a basketball high school supporter. Um, you know, it's I have to, to think overall business and how I'm going to attract people from the whole county to come over here. Yeah. And so I started. We started easier away from you know taking a lot of the pictures down and leave, we want to leave the old school pictures up. Mm -hmm. And you know, just you know, we want to, we're going to put more you know old school you know past robo stuff up you know just past robo but the old pictures and it can even be a Tascadero stuff too just you know things like that just to so welcome to have everybody welcomed here so everybody for welcome not just the city people yeah. you know um, knowing that you know um, so learning experience with that and um, um, you know even learn how to be a, a, a better boss you know and uh, you know you know you can't be the perfect boss either you know, obviously you might piss somebody off, and you know, and yeah. you can't ever make everybody yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah, I would love to. Yeah, politics show that. Yeah. I mean, you know, now not everybody's ever on the same page. So, being like a new, a new business owner, what what were some some hurdles that you faced that you didn't expect? Like once you opened, like aside from doing all the construction, because I mean, you did a lot. If you came in here and you know, there you had to do all that stuff. But once you got open, what were some problems that that you faced that you weren't? Necessarily ready for. Um, wow, Jesus! Um, like I said, trying to please you know. We like I said, we you know having we have problems with our our, our, our fridge that um, um, that was the wrong cooler that we had a major leak in it that was taking out the cold air. We couldn't figure it out. It was making yeah. our beer you know warmer. And, and, and so uh, we had problems with that, and and even that we were trying to fix this thing problem, uh, we couldn't we couldn't figure it out, and uh, they were gonna, we have to replace the whole thing. That's you know thousands of dollars, a thousand you know the multiple dollars, thousands of dollars that we you know we have to come up with to fix this problem. That we weren't sure if there's a problem or not. Yeah. And being a new business, you know, all the money's going towards business, but we didn't want to throw money away that's going to go. You know that we weren't planned for, it. but then beer is the most you know that's our bread and butter here. So, uh, but we got everything. But finally, luckily, they found the problem. So, you know now that now that the beer wasn't just fixed now. And the problems with that, um, that so you have to be prepared for that. We have to have that. You know, money set aside just in case. Luckily, it didn't happen. But things is to go wrong that they weren't planned for. Yeah. You know, you know that, that you know something that you were planning to getting in, and, 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 just, and something happens, and there goes that money. Um, we're still working on stuff here. We're we're getting we're getting a restaurant, and uh, we want to be open for you know at least like I said a year or two just to learn how to be a. a a successful pool hall, but without because you know we learn how to be a, I'm trying to be a pool owner, but and then, you know being an owner of restaurants a whole other thing. Yeah, it's you know, a whole other yeah. Whole other ball game. So, so learning two things, I wanted to you know learn one first, and you know most people they will start off with you know at the bottom you know doing dishes and then working themselves up you know you know That's a server right, yeah. yeah server and then building up to assistant manager manager, and then and then they don't skip from don't know nothing to owner. Yeah. Yeah, and so after that somebody had to somebody had to in the beginning. I mean yeah. somebody did the first yeah. guy who owned a restaurant. That's true. <laughs> he had to. He he stuck his neck out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 you know, and then and then uh, it's, I guess it's just you you try to please everybody, but you're not, and then you get your first bad Yelp review, 
and and then that's and it, it just breaks you. Yeah, how was that, man? Yeah. Just, you don't expect it. Like no, you don't expect. Like you said, though, you never can please everybody, but you don't expect it to go so wrong because you try. Yeah, you really yeah. try. I mean, nobody opens up a business and just starts doing bad shit. I mean, if you do, I don't know how your doors are still open. Yeah, but like you don't expect that first Yelp review. So like, what was that like? It was devastating because we were getting a lot of we had good reviews going, and then we got some really just ripped us apart. Like back, like two people that just ripped us apart, and it's like they were like they want us to close down. That that type. They don't know nothing. That place is a piece of junk. You know, just everything. And I'm like, really? You know, are there are some real estate saying bad service was bad or something? I'm like, yeah. I wish you guys would just came and talked to me because we would have worked it out. Yeah, it. most problems. Yeah. I feel like if people would just bring it up, like most owners, real quick, did the, did it die? No. It's just almost there. I just want to be prepared. Okay. It's uh, it's in that bigger pocket on the right. The bad, you know, Yelp reviews and people. Like, I think that people, just kind of what you were saying. Like, if people were to come up and like complain, not complain, but but say problems yeah. that they're having to like the business owner or like your waiter or, or anybody, I feel like that would. Um, do you wanna maybe check? Yeah. It might be important. Yeah. You're a firefighter in a pilot. That is so much Oh, I mean, kind of got a lot of. A lot of places. Um, so where were we? Yelp reviews, people. Uh, I think that people should, you know, if they're having problems or something, is that your, is that your guy? Yeah. Oh, just give it up. I mean, we can totally wrap this up. You know, thanks for, for being here. This is a super dope podcast, man. I mean, okay. we didn't get to talk too much about the Central Coast, which kind of is, yeah, we can just, you know, do this again. I'd love to have you come back on and uh, shoot, man. There's there's more to you than than most people probably know, and I think that that's what that's what this is all about. You know? Well, thanks you guys for coming Just, in. Heck yeah, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for for coming, and you know we are out, dude. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Hey everybody, thanks again for listening. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment and subscribe. I know some of you guys are out here listening. You're telling your friends and your family, but you haven't subscribed yet. I'm watching you.